Hello, you beautiful freaking human beings. Thank you so much for tuning into Wrestling with Life. If you're new here, hi. My name is Emled, and I'm so freaking happy that you've tuned in. Wrestling with Life is a community for really, really ambitious people whose biggest obstacle is really themselves, who really struggle to get out of their own way. So if that sounds like you, stick around and join the freaking wrestling squad. I'm so happy you're here, baby. You're about to hear a hilarious freaking banger of an episode. Listen, okay? This is a guest episode with one of my favorite people in the entire world. Duvon is a Hispanic immigrant who moved from Mexico to the U.S., and he dealt with a shit ton of bullying and poverty growing up, and so he's had to do a lot of work on himself to learn how to stop giving a fuck what other people think about him, and that's the biggest thing that he's taught me. We also talk about how we are both learning that it's okay to not be okay. We talk about how we both really struggle to trust people and to let people in. And we're both kind of struggling with feelings of being behind, that our timelines aren't matching up with the timelines that our parents had. We also reminisce on Duvon's player days and both of our party days where we raged. And this episode is full of a lot of laughs, a lot of vulnerability, and heads up, a lot of F-bombs. I think that might be Duvon's favorite word. (laughs) I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Let's get into it. What's up, wrestling fam? And welcome back to another episode of Wrestling With Life. I am so so excited and so honored to be introducing to you one of my favorite people, one of my best friends, Duvon. Hi, Duvon. Hello, everyone. Duvon here. Have we been friends seven, eight years? What is seven, it? Seven, eight years, I think. So 2017. That was, a, yeah, that was a fucking minute ago. It feels like so long ago. That was a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm bringing you on the pod today because we got to talk about the biggest thing that you've taught me throughout our friendship, which is to stop giving a fuck what other people think about you. Yes, we... <laughs> We always strive for that. We always believe in that. (laughs) Yes. I chose you for this topic because when I really think about it, you're the first person that comes to mind because there have just been so many times over the years that I've been so in my head and I've been just freaking out over things that I don't need to freak out about because I'm worried about how other people are perceiving me. Yeah. And you're always the first one to be like, you can't worry so much about what other people think. So let's start with some background on our friendship. So like, yeah, we met freshman year of college. We did. You take it from there. I guess we kind of always knew each other because of sports. And I feel like <clears throat> the Ashland community at Ashland University is it's it's really small. And if you're an athlete, I feel like all the athletes knew each other. Facts. 100%. That's the like, only reason anyone goes to Ashland. Literally, because <laughs> like you always knew everyone because mm-hmm. it was like the cafeteria was small, like convo. You would always see all the athletes go in there. And I feel like we kind of had the same friends, but we never hung out with each other. And I think I think just one night we uh, happened to run into each other at a house party. Mm-hmm. Shout out Vance's at the time. Vance. Best place to be at freshman year parties <laughs> and yeah we just all hung out together that one night and then the rest was history yeah we just became really good friends all of us and here we are like seven years later but our friendship hasn't always been sunshine and rainbows either Not and i all. think that's important to say because like <laughs> especially a friendship as long as this like yeah. we've definitely had our tiffs like we've we had have. our 
are, you know, times where we don't agree and we don't see things the same way. But what I really appreciate about our friendship is I feel like you're someone who calls me out. Like you hold me accountable. You call me on my shit. You don't let me yeah, say things. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You know I do. No, we both do. <laughs> and I feel like it's necessary because I guess we've been able to steer each other correctly in the right way. Yeah. But like, you know, obviously, you know, I feel like if you're really close with somebody... And, you know, you think that you should warn them about something or you think that they're not doing something that they probably should be doing. I think it's best if, you know, let them know. And, you know, sometimes you do have your differences and you argue. But, yeah, I mean, if if it's fucking meant to be and you're meant to be homies, then I guess you'll find a way to make it through. Dude, so, preach. I mean, I know I've always appreciated you and just telling me how it is. And yeah. I mean, that's sometimes it's a lot better to just fucking rip the bandaid off and let somebody know, you know, you're fucking up or you probably shouldn't be doing this. Mm -hmm. Or I don't think that, you know, that person you're hanging out with is in your best interest. But, you know, sometimes it's necessary. It is. Yeah. And I think if you're a good friend, you do say that shit. Yeah. Because you know that the conflict's only going to bring you closer. Exactly. I think a lot of people don't do it because they're like, oh, I don't want the conflict. Like, yeah. or I, I want to lose that friend. Yeah, or... I don't want to fall out, yeah. you know. And obviously, like, pick and choose your battles, right? Like, you don't have to say every single thing that bothers you to your friend, exactly. right? Yeah. But the big stuff, you're right. Like, if you're a good friend and you really, really genuinely want someone to succeed, you want them to be happy, yeah. you are going to tell them, when they're being a fucking idiot yeah dead ass 100%. Like, I, like all my friends know that too like all my closest friends from from college who i ran with like my friends back home like they've they've fucking known me as being the blunt one but i mean i don't say it because i want to cause them trouble or i want them to feel bad it's because i care about them yeah so at the end of the day it comes down to me caring about their well-being and you know caring about their future Right. And you yeah. have to learn that over time. So yeah. like I haven't always been that way. I'm sure you haven't always been that way. Yeah. So let's run back the tape, dog. Yeah. Give me the foundations of Duvon's life. <laughs> tell me, tell me about how you grew up. You know, it was a little bit different. Obviously, you're a minority in this country. Yeah. There's some shit that you've gone through. So take me back and walk me through growing up, coming to the U.S. and how you got to where you are now. So, yeah, I uh, I basically came to the United States when I was three years old. And then I lived in Marion, Ohio ever since. And at the time, Marion was a very small city that was, um, I feel like, really overpopulated by minorities and, like, blacks in the in the suburb towns and stuff and, like, the center of the city. And it was, it was heavily run by drugs. At the time, it still is. My first few years didn't really learn English fluently until I was about eight years old. So kindergarten and first grade... And part of second grade, I uh, I wasn't really well with English. Like, I had to walk around school with a translator. Like, at the time, we were, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, my my family has money or anything, but my, my parents have always worked their asses off to yeah. try to, to try to make it in this, in this, you know, country, especially being minorities and being looked at differently. Right. Um, they've always tried to give me the best that they, that they could. Going to kindergarten and first grade in the early city schools, I was bullied on a lot, especially because I didn't know English at the time. I wore a lot of thrift clothes, always got one pair of shoes in the beginning of the school year, always had to take care of those shoes because those were the only ones I was going to get. Um, so I was definitely bullied a lot, but luckily the majority of the times that I got bullied, I didn't understand it, <laughs> but I could, it's like, for example, like, Many people who are going to hear this, like maybe they've gone to a different country and that you like, you know, when you get looked at a certain way or when, you know, people are talking about you. Yeah. And even at such a young age, like I knew 
like who I wanted to hang out with and who I didn't want to hang out with because I knew who looked at me funny, mm. even at such a young age. I think it was probably when I was around seven years old, coming out of first grade, um, my dad really didn't want to see me grow up in those early city schools just because there was a lot of violence and drugs around where we lived. Yeah. So we moved outside of Marion to the outsides, probably around 10 to 15 minutes from it. Again, I kind of went through the same thing with um, being profiled and being made fun of because I was the only Hispanic throughout so many years. All of my OGs, all my friends from back home, they knew that I was the only Hispanic for so long. And were these mostly Um, like white kids making fun of you? Yeah, white kids. Yeah. You know, even in movies, when you see like people stand up for each other or once somebody stands up for themselves, like they kind of back off. And I feel like that's kind of what I started doing. Once, oh, did that happen? Yeah. Once I started being able to talk back and at, at that time in second grade, I, I was kind of, kind of finally being able to be fluent yeah. in English and I could understand it. So, you know, I started to fucking talk shit. I would did always, you? yeah, hell yeah, I would. Because did you know I, swear words yet? I did, yeah. <laughs> and what was funny is I would always ask my dad, like, yo, dad, what could I say? Like, what could I get to, to like, fuck with them and stuff like that? Because, like, obviously my dad didn't want me to get picked on. Right. My mom was always kind of like the one, like, no, like, don't try to be violent. Like, you know, it just happens. Like, you're young. But I was sure. like, but I was like, fuck that. And my dad didn't like that either. He was like, no, like, don't fucking let people pick on you. You know, maybe it was different when you were in kindergarten and first. But now that you could fucking speak and you know what they're saying, he's yeah. like, fuck that shit. He's like, let me tell you every swear word in yeah, the dictionary. Let me tell you every swear word. <laughs> like, I'm going to teach you how to fight. Like, like you are going to defend yourself Good, if you I need love to. that. Eventually, people stopped, you know, picking on me. You know, I would say probably after second and third grade. It was such a small school, so everybody knew each other. Mm-hmm. Like, I graduated with 34 out of high school. Wow. So, and I was the only Hispanic kid. And at that time... I think there was only probably like two or three black kids too. And the rest was all white. So I guess we kind of related in that way to being looked at differently because yeah. it was a small country school. And then it probably wasn't until like my junior or sophomore year where I think another Hispanic Hispanic uh, family finally moved within that area. And then their kids started going to too. But it wasn't until like fucking many years later <laughs> that I saw another Hispanic in my school. Seriously? Yeah. So... It was tough at first, but, you know, we managed to pull through. Yeah. I can't imagine what that would be like, first of all. You know, I'm a white person. So, like, that's just a foreign concept to me. That's a a privilege that I have that I look at, you know, friends like you, black friends of mine who go through shit like this. And it just it breaks my heart and it pisses me off. And I'm like, "Mm." like, I wish I just wish the world wasn't the way it is. But it's a sad reality that you and so many of my friends have have faced. So, like, once you finally got to college, you've experienced like bullying growing up. How do you feel about yourself? Like, because of what you went through and now that you're going to college, you're going away. Like, what's your relationship with yourself at this point? I would say that because of everything that I went through at such a small age, dealing with poverty, being bullied, I really cared about like my image towards other people. The majority of the time I saw myself doing things and acting a certain way and dressing certain ways and always thinking beforehand like, oh, what are people going to think of me? Or like, will people talk shit about me? Or like, will they like what I'm wearing? And it's such a toxic way of going at life because like, like I would hate for my kids in the future to before they're going to school every morning, thinking about what they're going to wear in order to please other people. Right. Like I would hate that. But you were just trying to avoid people saying shit. Exactly. Yeah. And like, I, I always worried, like I said, I always worried about what other people thought about me. So I always 
hung out with a different crowd. Luckily, the majority of my friends, like, they were really fucking chill, but you always have those fucking assholes who always picked on you. Uh-huh. Like, I ran track and cross country there, so, like, I knew that I was automatically gonna have maybe some friends with kids on the team. I definitely didn't know how I was gonna portray myself heading into college, like, to say the least. So that's so, anxiety-inducing. Literally, And yeah. I feel like... A lot of people can relate to that, I think, going to college anyway, because for a lot of people, it's a fresh start. Yeah. But it's also like you don't know anybody there. Literally, You're yeah. away from home for the first time. Like, yeah. it's anxious as it is, let alone like you having the background that you have. Yeah. So you get to college. You're in your freshman year. We haven't met yet. No, we haven't um, met yet. We haven't met yet. We haven't met yet. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like, how are you? How are you feeling then? Like you get there and you're feeling self-conscious. You don't know like how you're going to act, what happens freshman year and like what changes, maybe what shifts. So luckily everyone on the team was fucking great. Like amazing people. Like I have, I, I have not one bad thing to say about anyone on the team. All my coaches made me feel welcome. I went through a really difficult breakup at the time. And it led me through a fucking spiral, basically, shortly after we got to college. Yeah. And I went through some of my darkest times at the time. You know, I was drinking heavily. I wasn't super focused in running. Um, I maybe wasn't hanging out with the correct people at the time. Yeah. And luckily, you know, through all the shit that I went through, I was able to really get close with one of my old teammates and now some like one of my very best fucking to die hard friend. Shout out Stephen Capes. He helped me through some of the most difficult times during my freshman year, which was getting over that breakup, but also working on myself mentally yeah. and emotionally because he was the very first one to try to put that thought in my head of you shouldn't give a fuck about what people think about you. Mm. You know, at the end of the day, it, he always told me at the end of the day, it's going to be you, your closest friends and your family when you're in that fucking casket. He was like, so you shouldn't give a fuck about what people think about mm. you, what you wear. Mm. Like you shouldn't, you shouldn't give a fuck about none of that. And he always would tell me the same thing, the same thing, the same thing. And he just fucking instilled it in my head. So after he he came into my life like it was just like a fucking like a snap and then like after before like before we started hanging out with each other and before we met each other like i was just getting to that change yeah so like frankly you didn't you didn't meet that part of me but you know i definitely have him to thank for that because if it wasn't for him i don't know where i'd be to be honest because him telling me all of that brought such a change in my life that I would never in my life imagine going back. Like he made a fucking insane impact in my life. Mm. And I, and ever since he taught me to get through all that shit, I've always tried to help other people. For example, like you, who you've always tried to maybe, you know, see the good in people. And then like, sometimes you feel bad in a certain yeah. way, but I've always tried to try to tell you and my closest friends, like you shouldn't give a fuck about what these people think about you. I absolutely love what he said about picking and choosing who you care about. Because yeah. I think when people hear like, don't care what anyone thinks about you, everyone's like, oh, I'm never going to care about what a single person ever thinks of me again. That freedom doesn't exist. No. I just think it's very unrealistic because the people closest to you, you do care. You yeah. care a lot about your parents, your friends, the person that you're dating, the person you're married to, like, you form these circles and these people who you lean on them to help guide yeah. you. Like yeah, we yeah. were talking about earlier, being the type of friends that call each other out. 
I care immensely what you think about me and what you think about my decisions because I know and I trust you. Like I know that you have my best interest at heart. And so to all the other people in my life and in your life, but the people who don't know us, the people who have never walked a mile in our shoes, who have never seen our hearts or seen our brains or know any of the background, who don't know what you went through growing up, who don't know what I went through growing up. Why the fuck would we care? Exactly. Why would we care? (laughs) Yeah. Which is better said than done for some people that are going through that. But like now that we're so much older, it's easy for us to be like, oh, well, like, fuck them. Like, like, they're not even my friend. Like, why should I give a shit? I definitely think with that being said, though, and I'm, I'm curious to know, like, your thoughts on this yeah what i really struggle with is like even if it's an outside person who i don't know and who doesn't know me if they say some shit about me being too sensitive or me being cringe or over emotional that strikes a chord with me because i judge myself in that way sometimes too so i'm curious to know for you like are there things like that where it hits a little bit too close to home so that it does rub you the wrong way when outside people say shit like that to you yeah that's actually a good one but like yeah for example like i still struggle with this at times but like i i'm the first one to tell everyone like i'm a fucking asshole like i i just love to fucking just you know get at people sometimes but you're the king of roasting i'm the king of fucking roasting and i and it's not that i i try to pick on people it's just my way of like it's your love language it's my way of vibing with people (laughs) I, i do it to you all the time i do it to all their closest soccer friends like it's just it's just me vibing yeah but i know that there's been a numerous amount of times where outside people they they sometimes ask me like why are you such an asshole or like why do you try to like emotionally pick on like pick on people and shit like that and it just fucking makes me snap dude Mm. because in like maybe i might not say it to them in their face but in my mind i'm like who the fuck is this person like why in the fuck are they judging me Mm. like they don't know what i went through yeah like get them the fuck out of here like that's what i think so you get angry yeah because like because they don't know me and it might be the first time they've met me they don't know how i am yeah so obviously like people who are new they they think that i portray myself as this fucking asshole all the time which which i don't you know it's just me of fucking vibing out and like messing with people but they think that i'm being too serious when i'm not and it just makes me fucking snap yeah yeah that's really interesting because like for me it's funny to hear you get angry sometimes that shit makes me shut down yeah because where you've accepted that about yourself like you've said like this is how i am you know like it's not coming from a place of like shame yeah it's just coming from a place of like, well, you don't fucking get it, bro. Literally. That that's yeah. that gives me hope because like I feel like as I work on that, like accepting that part of myself more, I'll eventually get to that point where yeah. it's no longer shame and it lo- no longer makes me shut down when I get that. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, like, yeah. You don't know me. Oh, no, yeah. I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So here's another question. Yes. How do you decide whose opinions to value and who not to? Friends, family, people that are close to you. That's an obvious answer, right? Yeah. But I guess it's like sometimes there are people who may not might not be our best friend, but we still care about them. Yeah. So for you, like what's what's the line with that? Like who do you care about? I would say I'll tell you one thing is that it's very easy after knowing somebody for a little bit what their intentions are, if they're genuine or not, yeah. like if low key they're kind of a fucking asshole or you know if they're just trying to 
you know, stir shit up. It is a little easier to accept other people's comments when, you know, I've known them for a little bit and I know that they are genuine. I think that's really good. It comes down to respect, honestly. Like, do I respect you? Yeah. If we've developed some sort of like level of respect where I know you're a good person. Yeah. And I know that, like you said, your intention is pure. Yeah. And you're not interacting with me in a way to make yourself look better or to try to like make one me feel bad yeah yeah, yeah. Or like yeah. one up me yeah. exactly like as long as i know that you're not a dick yeah like yeah one up one up me that's not a good idea <laughs> yeah that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's a sure way to make sure you say some shit that you can't take back yeah yeah 100 percent. so <laughs> what else are you working on right now probably trusting people more like in the hispanic culture shout out all the mexican people here in the u.s we're raised in a way where our parents always tell us don't get into trouble. Don't worry about other people. Worry about yourself. Worry about your family. And outside of your family, don't trust anybody really. Like stay away from people you don't know. And that's, I, I can, you know, I could name a lot of times where my mom said that when I was at a young age and my dad as well. My dad was super big on that. And so like growing up over the years, especially getting bullied and stuff like that, like I, I didn't trust people as much as I probably should have. I probably lost a lot of friendships at the time, but it's just the way that I was raised, the way that I was, you know, given advice from my parents and the way that I was, you know, bullied and stuff like that. I just immediately took that into fucking effect. It wasn't until obviously I got to college and, you know, I met you. We I met all our friends that we had at the time. I met Capes. I definitely opened the door to trusting people more. But definitely now that I'm out of college, that I'm older, I still struggle with 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 trusting people. Yeah. So like even people that I meet now, I, gu- I guess I judge them a lot in a way because I'm always worried about what their intentions are, mm. what their intentions are with my friend group, what their intentions are with you, if they're genuine, like, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. I always find myself battling that fight within my head if, of, of trusting people. And you're not alone in that at all. That's like one of my biggest struggles right now too. Cause I think like anytime that you open up your heart to somebody, and you trust somebody with some shit and they fuck you over yes. and they stab you in the back yeah. and they do some shit that you literally never thought they could do to you. Yeah. How are your walls not going to go up? Exactly. Yeah. Like, I'll be friendly. I'll get to know people. I'll always be polite. You know, like I'll still be myself, but there's only a certain level of depth that I'll let people get close to me to like really know my shit Same. and like really know my heart because it's like, yeah. hmm. You can't just fucking let anybody in. No. Like, what yeah. are your intentions? Like, what do you want from me? Yeah. You know, like you really don't know. Yeah. You really don't know. No, I don't. heard, I don't know how it's like in platonic friendships, but I've always heard in like romantic relationships, the three month rule is yeah. when you like really see someone's true colors and you really get to know somebody. I don't know if there's science behind that. I don't know if that's accurate. No, I heard I've heard that as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true because everybody knows I used to be a fucking dog. My fucking I remember. My late fucking college years. I man. remember. All the homies know. All the homies know. <laughs> and fucking after I graduated, like it was just you try to portray yourself as such an image, which at the time, I guess I could say this. I was really struggling with a breakup that I had once I got out of college a few years afterwards, you know, I was in a long relationship and then we broke up and then I was trying to maybe find somebody fast and then trying to get over her. And at the same time, like I was just going around and just meeting all these new different chicks and sleeping around and shit. And I can definitely be the first to say that you go through shit 
and then you try to portray yourself as such an image just so you could fucking get laid and yeah. you know now that you know i've gone through all that you know it's i could fucking say that i'm embarrassed now that i I did that because yeah i would hate for my daughter to meet you know a guy like how i was at one yeah. point and at the end of the day that's what i fucking think about now is that like holy shit I would lose my fucking mind mm. if my daughter ever went through something like that. Oh, I remember. And but for yeah. the record, what did I tell you all this time? Respect women. Respect You know how women. many times I said respect women to you? 2017, 2018, <laughs> 2019, all the way till now, bro. She was the fuck. I had that shit hanging. Shout out Cole Thomas, my old fucking roommate. I had that shit hanging in our fucking room sophomore year. Respect women 2018 or 2019. You had it written out? Fuck I don't remember yeah. that. I had it in paper and i fucking had it on the oh on the top God. of the fucking room but i just remember the stories and and the fun times and honestly no judgment duvon because we've all done things that we're not proud of because we're still trying to find ourselves and yeah there are so many things i could tell you that i'm not proud of that i've done in my life but yeah. what i can say is seeing your growth and seeing you like realize who you want to be and the man that you are to your core and becoming that man over the last few years, like, I'm just so fucking proud of you because I knew you, you had it in you all along. You just had to grow up a little Maybe bit, you know? Maybe struggled a little bit, you know, but, you know, he was in there. <laughs> he was in there deep, deep <laughs> he was, down. He, he was fighting for his fucking life every day, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fighting for my fucking life. What's that thing you do? <laughs> I'll fight for my fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, so it definitely took, it took a while, but I feel like. You get to a certain point where you're just tired of it all. Yeah. Like, I know that I got to that point where I just didn't want to go out anymore. I didn't want to drink. Like, I just wanted to go to the gym, be alone, and I just didn't want to fucking hang out with anybody anymore mm -hmm. just because I was I was exhausted of portraying myself in such image just so I could get fucking laid. Like, mm -hmm. I, was, I, it was, I was tired of it. Yeah. And then... Like, for all those people who are maybe going through this, like, right now, trust me, you get to a point where you, you just fucking call it quits, and then you realize that you got to grow up, mm -hmm. like, straight up, because mm -hmm. you just, you want to finally fucking find somebody. Right, and it's yeah. not even just growing up and finding someone, like, that's part of it, but it's also, like, living a life that you're proud of. Yeah. Like, I look back at how we spent, like, the summer of 2021, which, oh, to be honest, God. that was probably the best summer of my goddamn life. Was that was a great summer. summer. Probably, too, yeah. We were going out, what, like, three, four times a week? Yeah. Thursday, drinking Friday, Saturday, constantly. Sunday. Like, yes. Like, it was so fucking unhealthy. Yes. Not sleeping. Yeah. Drinking so much. Like, Literally. always up to hood rat shit. Like, yeah. out on the town. And we were putting ourselves, honestly, I look back, in dangerous situations. We were. Yeah. We were almost getting in fights all the time. Yeah. Every time we went out to the bars. Literally. We yeah. were drunk all the time. Like, yeah. and what can happen when you're drinking? Like, yeah. so many bad things can happen. Literally, because you don't think. Right. So we're not taking care of our bodies. We're not living. I wasn't proud of the life in retrospect that I was living. Like, I could have been doing so much more with my time than getting fucked up and, yeah. and going out. But I also look back at that time and I'm like, we were kids, like we were finding ourselves. like we didn't know who we were yet. We didn't realize our potential. And now like the growth that we've both done, I feel like we just have a respect for ourselves that we didn't have then yeah. where we realize our potential and we see who we could be. And we're like, okay, here are all the much healthier 
good things that we could be filling our bodies with and spending our time on and yeah. stimulating ourselves with. We wanted yeah. better for ourselves in the end. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, especially now, just because like we fucking barely go out now and it's <laughs> barely like, go out. it's like, you know, you have, <clears throat> you now have this passion with your new podcast and like, you know, your hobbies that you do, you know, your work, you love your, your fucking job. Like mm-hmm. I remember summer of 2021, you fucking hated your I job hated at DSW. Job. Like yeah. you just did not like it. Yeah. So I've seen you grow as well over the past few years and how you absolutely enjoy what you're doing now. Yeah. I feel like it's just because we wanted better for ourselves as well. It is. Because I yeah. can't imagine myself like putting myself through that again. I couldn't either. Like I, like, I don't think even if I tried, like even when we hang out with all of our friends and we go out, like, dude, it's like fucking 11. And I'm like, holy <laughs> Can we go shit. Home? <laughs> like, I want to go home. I know. That's and how then, I like, feel we too. We used to fucking stay out till like 4 or 5 a.m. Duvon, I know. Like, that was so unhealthy. Back-to-back nights, too, back which is to, insane. Back-to-back fucking nights. And then we would like still drink throughout the day before we went out. I know. And we're like, like at the pool in the sunshine drinking. Yeah, like dehydrated as fuck. <laughs> how? Like, I don't know how we did it. I have it. no idea how the fuck we were doing that. But like, now that I think of it, I'm like, like, there's times where I'm like, at home or at work and i'm like holy fuck like we really were doing that shit we really were fucking years ago we were yeah and maybe it was like a thing where you know people talk about you need to get out of your system like you have your young years like maybe there was a long time like i really didn't i didn't drink till college so that was a whole new experience for me exactly so i think like you know your party years like no judgment to anyone who's also been there like it's i mean we raged we we, raged we We raged a little too much we raged in college (laughs) But like, yeah, you just, it gets old. It gets really old. And you're just like, damn, there's a lot more to life than dressing slutty and going to the bar and getting fucked up and trying to hook up with someone. You're just like getting laid. Like, yeah, you just respect yourself more. And you, and it's, there's just so much more than that. Like the, the way that I feel when I walk into a bar now is just kind of like, I'm almost like protecting myself and yes. I'm like, I'm looking Especially around the in room. this world that we live in now. Like yeah. you fucking never know what's going to go down. No. And yeah. before we were pulled up, like blacked out before we even got to the Literally. bar and we're like just being idiots while we're there. Like, it's like, the, like the amount of times that we put ourselves in dangerous situations by all of us being blacked out fucking wasted. Yeah. was just insane. It is insane. And, and you're right with like what you say, how you're going into a bar and you're just worried about who's around you. Like, that's how I feel all the fucking time. Yeah. Like, that's why I fucking carry because like, you never fucking know what's going to go down. Yeah. Like there was literally just a shooting. Like, I don't know if it was yesterday or two days ago at a fucking church. Yep. Like, you know how insane that is? It's insane. And like, every time I go out now at, at a bar and I'm with, like with all my homies, like I just... I just don't even want to drink. Right. Because I'm just like worried about who the fuck's around me. Like my head's always on a fucking swivel. Yep. Like because you never know what the fuck's going to go down. And I just, you know, quite frankly, compared to how I used to be, like I don't like going out as much just because of that. Because, you know, I, I fucking don't want to put myself in a fucking situation right. where I'm either going to lose one of my bestest friends or I'm going to lose my life. Exactly. Yeah. Well, good thing is we're not putting ourselves in dumbass situations anymore like that we, we have to, to worry yes. about. We've grown a lot. So talk to me now about some things that you're working on today. You know, in today's economy, it's been difficult to try and stay motivated just because, you know, for example, one of my biggest influences in life, my dad, he came to the United States at the age of 14 illegally by himself. He has done amazing in our family. Um, my dad, like I said, he came to the United States at a young age. He's been at the same factory for 37 years now. 
He put me through college. He tried to do the best for me and my mom. Yeah. He always took care of us. And he had his first house paid off at 21, which me being 25 now, about to be 26 in five months, like I just feel like I'm so behind. Yeah. And I always got to remind myself that, you know, it's a different economy now. And even my dad tells me to this day, like, you know, shit was different back then. Yeah. Like we were making less money, but everything was a lot cheaper. Uh-huh. So you can't get down on yourself. But, you know, there's that part of me that just wants to fucking succeed at everything, wants to make them proud, yep. which I'm sure they're proud of me. But they are. I just want to do more yeah. just because he did so much at such a young age. It's like he set the bar. Yes. Yeah. And it's difficult because I I haven't seen myself accomplish as much as he has, sadly. Right. Which which is why I've been, you know, struggling with keeping myself motivated. Right. But I know that it's just part of the process. And I try to remind myself about it. So Right. And you have to because you're literally twenty five and you're doing great. Yeah. You know, like Thank you. <laughs> you're you're engaged. You yeah. are part business owner. Shout out Mary. La de mi vida. Un beso en la frente. My heart. <laughs> you guys are so cute. Um, you're doing amazing. So I, I understand the mindset, though, to be honest, because I do the same thing, but I do it with my parents in their marriage. They got married at 22 and 23. Yeah. And I'm 26 years old. Such and, a young age. Yeah. yeah. And like growing up, like I've always kind of felt like an old soul and kind of felt like I was older than I really was. So I naturally felt ready for that kind of thing. I always pictured that I would be the first friend out of our friend group to get married. Yeah. You know, I thought 22, I'd be married and starting a family. Like I really saw that for myself. So being 26, being single, being alone, working on myself, doing this, it's kind of been a tough pill to swallow in that way because for so long, I never thought this is where I would be. But I'm also working like you are to accept that and just see how much beauty is in it. I'm getting to know myself. I'm pursuing my passions. I'm focusing on me. And like you said this to me before, like, I think I'll look back and be really, really grateful that I did that. Yeah, I think you will just because like, you know, for example, there's people who got married right out of a right out of college, not to call anybody out, but, you know, Sadly, you know, they they didn't last long and now they're divorced and maybe they're investing themselves in somebody else. Yeah. And just think about how how much farther ahead you are. You know, if if you were married now, you know, you wouldn't be able to invest in yourself as much. Look at all you're doing. You have this amazing job. You've grown so much. You know, you started this podcast. It's fucking blowing up. It's doing amazing. Like many people haven't found themselves as much as you have over the time. And you're going to continue to to find yourself and i know that one day you know you're going to find somebody and you're going to know that you're going to be ready yeah because you finalize who you want to be yeah 100 so, yeah I, I think that you know it's just a process and i think that i understand that you feel like you're behind as well because mm. of your parents falling in love at such a young age shout out ronald paulkin but uh <laughs> his white parents yeah my, my white parents love him <laughs> And, um, but I think that, you know, it's all just part of the process. And I think that you will thank yourself one day for sure. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that, bro. Of and course. you got to work to see it this way. Cause same as you, I'm so hard on myself yeah. and I think it's really natural to compare yourself to the people that you look up to more yeah. than anything, your parents, my parents, yeah, like, exactly. I just want to make them proud. That's yeah. all I care about, you know? And I know your parents don't see you any different for having a different timeline, just yeah. as mine don't either. But it's yeah. one of those things you have to like consciously tell yourself. I know. Yeah. So you're working on finding motivation, being good with where you're at. What else are you working on? 
Hmm. To continue to tell myself that it's okay to not be okay all the time. Mm, preach. Like, I feel like preach. a lot of people, including myself, wish that they could always just be okay. Mm-hmm. But sadly, that's not the case all the time. You're preaching to the choir. You go through shit mm-hmm. all the fucking time. And sometimes you want to be left alone or you want to be around people to be able to get through it. But it's part of the process of trying to be better. And it's it takes it takes a while to get used to that feeling of being lonely and trying to I've always I mean, you know, I've always been the type of person that tries to get through shit by myself. Yeah, I don't like to share my feelings a lot. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have helped me through some of the most difficult times in my life and I'm I will forever be grateful for that because you took the time to tell me that you were that I was going to be okay. You were patient with me. Mm-hmm. You always had my back and you never judged me. So same to you. I realized that you know it was it's it's okay to not be okay all the time because I knew that I was either always going to have you or always going to have you know my parents or all of my closest friends. Yeah. So it's one of those th- those things that I still continue to struggle with but I'm definitely I've definitely strived to be better at, and yeah. I've definitely gotten better with it as well. So we relate on that so much because we try to be hard. Like yeah. we try to act really strong all the time, not yeah. show people our weakness. Yep. And I think men also get a really shit under the stick in our culture, yeah. especially like the culture that you grew up in. Yeah, it's yeah. it's be a man, it's be hard, it's don't have feelings, don't cry, don't cry, don't yeah. show your emotion, like be strong, be what yeah. is it, machismo? Is that the word? Yeah, machismo. Machismo. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, machismo. Good one. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. Like growing up, my dad always told me, "Real men don't cry." You should never cry. I don't care if you fall. I don't care if a girl breaks your heart. I don't care if you get your feelings hurt. You never cry. You never show weakness ever. Bottom line, period. All of my Hispanic cousins, they were told the same thing as well. But it was because our parents were raised in such a fucked up culture. Due to that machismo, you're always supposed to be the man. You're supposed to be the strongest one at your you know, your father or your mother's funeral, you're never supposed to show weakness because people are going to look up to you. Mm. And that's just something that I was, it was always instilled in me. So growing up, it was difficult to me. It still is for me. Like, you know that, like, it's difficult for me to show emotions. Like I, I can count the very few times that I think you've seen me cry. And it's just because I have that instilled in my fucking head. I understand. And it's super unhealthy. Yeah. Like, please, if you're going through something, like recently I had a, a friend of mine, he wasn't super close to me, but we played football together in college, in college, in high school. And, you know, I can, he was such an amazing person and he, he committed suicide. So like men's mental health is frowned upon sadly nowadays. And if some people would just talk to somebody, mm-hmm. they, they don't realize how, how much better their life would be off just because if if they share their emotions 100%. instead of bottling bottling them down. Yeah. Yeah. You're so. not alone. Even though the world has painted this picture of exactly what you just said, yeah. you are not alone and there are people out there who will not judge you for crying and who will want to help you through it. You just have to find those people. You have to seek help. People you can trust. People you can trust. Yeah. Therapy is a great option as well. I know it's not for everyone. I know yeah. it can be weird to open up to someone you don't know, Exactly. but there are resources out there. There are people that can help you through your shit. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like you have to take responsibility for your own life and pursue that help yeah. to get better and to work through whatever you're going through. But yeah, it's also easier said than done because of the culture that we live in. Exactly, yeah. One of the reasons why I was able to just become so much better emotionally and share my feelings with people was because of you. Just because oh, really? growing up, I never had 
such a close friend that I felt like I could share all of my deepest, darkest secrets with. Yeah. And that's what I tell the majority of my friends. I tell my parents, like I tell my girlfriend, like my girlfriend, my fiance, Mary, Mm -hmm. like, you know, she's always had my fucking back, period. Like never fucking judge me. Like, yeah, we've had our fucking fights. We've fucking gotten at each other's hair and shit, (laughs) but we've always fucking managed to make it work. And it's because we've helped each other through so many dark times. Right. You know, you've, you've helped me kind of find my strength in a way because like you mentioned earlier i cared so much about people pleasing and one other wanting other people to like me and accept me and and not rocking the boat and staying away from conflict it was a defense mechanism it was my own programming like you're talking about like how i thought i had to survive at the time you're the biggest person who showed me that that shit doesn't matter that keeping everyone happy only destroys yourself yeah exactly and i think that that's one of the things that build our relationship and keep it is because we've always had each other's backs yeah period and one of the major fucking things was it was never sexual between us <laughs> shout out all the motherfuckers who thought we were having sex over the years it never happened you know who you are <laughs> <laughs> but i mean yeah like I, you saw me through my darkest of times like maybe to when i fucking needed somebody to rebound and shit and you never ever thought about either getting with me or me with you no. like it just was never physical ever we and literally th- had like a brother sister relationship to the point where literally. like it, it would feel weird it just it was never part of never. who you were to it, like, me like it was never an option with me no. and from the very beginning because i realized that you were such a good person where i told myself i never want to lose this girl because mm. She she like makes me want to be better because yeah. at the time, even though you were working on yourself and we were fucked up, like I like I, I strive to be so caring like with you. I think that's what helped us continue this friendship was that it was never physical between oh. us. We only really, really cared about each other. I know. Yeah. And we faced so many goddamn allegations. Yes. I'm so over it. It was <laughs> fucking insane, dude. Like so many people <laughs> thought that like, like you went through breakups in college and like continued to after college. Yeah. So did I. Yeah. And dude, everybody thought that we were always Every up. single time one of us was single or both of us were single, everyone was like, so are you and Duvon going to get together? Even my freaking sister, I love you, Jenna, but even yeah. my sister, Jenna, you're a legend. <laughs> even my sister was like so you and Duvon Duvon. it's like it's like no bro it's like no it's just not like that it's just not like that and I just I just think that that's definitely helped us because you know I've seen a lot of like I said I've seen a lot of fucking friendships just hit the fan just Mm -hmm. because of that they try to take it too far right I always cared about our friendship a lot more than any of that other stuff right it's definitely one of the friendships that I will forever cherish and I will never want to lose yeah and yeah I think that's just one of the things that we'd we had to go through was all the rumors, man. It was nuts. <laughs> all the goddamn allegations. All the fucking allegations, dude. Well, we've gone through that. We've gone through losing other friends. We've yeah. gone through, like you said, breakups. Like, yeah. we've gone through some of our darkest moments. And I can say with confidence that I wouldn't have gotten through all the things that I got through without you. Yeah, so, I agree. I love you so much, bro. And yeah. I'm so fucking proud of you to see your evolution over the years, to see how you've grown, yeah. to see you respect women respect today, women. to be booed up with yeah. a fiance and the way that you treat her is just phenomenal. You guys are so fucking cute together. Thank you. I cannot wait for you to start popping out babies so I can be Auntie <laughs> M-led. I can't wait. Tamo, Mari, mi amor. Un pinche beso en la frente. <laughs> oh my god but i need yeah. to learn spanish <laughs> <laughs> no yeah it's, she's definitely amazing she's helped me grow a lot yeah she's honestly like i've i've she knows i've met a lot of women in my life but she's definitely 
the reason why I continue to work my ass off now, as well as my family. Mm-hmm. Like, she is definitely the fucking top dime that I have ever been with and who I want to share my life with. She makes me want to better myself even more than I have now. And I I have her to thank because she has always supported me even through the darkest times as well. Yeah. So, but yeah. Well, I'm so excited for you guys. I can't wait for you to get married. I can't wait to see for you all the growth that continues to happen because we're really just getting started. Like, we're so fucking young. We are, We yeah. have such a long ways to go we in do. the best way. And I just know you're going to be a lifelong friend. So I'm yeah. thankful for you. Of course. Thank, thank you, you for, for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on today. Any last words, anything you want to say you didn't get to? Um, I don't think so. I think that was it. All right. You want to plug yourself? Let the people find you? You want any followers? Yeah, sure. Um, Dude, I don't even know my usernames, yo. <laughs> Isn't it like Duvon Runner something? Yeah, uh, Instagram is uh, Duvon Runner 14 Yes, you know, sir. I think there's a picture of me with my girl. I think I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> I'll link it in the show Bautista, notes. She will link it. So, <laughs> well, thanks, Duvon. Love you so much. Thanks for coming on. Love you too, of course. We'll always be here for you. All right, you guys, that concludes the episode with Duvon. But wait, before you go, I have a really quick question to ask you. If wrestling with life has ever encouraged you or made you feel not alone or taught you anything, can you do me a solid real quick? please go leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen. My goal is to do this thing full freaking time. Running Wrestling With Life has brought me a sense of purpose and has made me invigorated to live my life in a way that I don't think I ever have before. And the biggest way to grow your podcast is to get more reviews. So if you could stop what you're doing right now and go leave me a review, let me know what you think about the podcast in that review. Ultimately, it will allow me to bring you guys more content, more life lessons, more guests, more vulnerability, more real conversations. And that's the motherfucking goal, baby. So go leave me a review. Follow me at Wrestling With Life Pod. Subscribe wherever you listen. And we will talk soon, baby. Thank you guys so much for your support. Bye. (laughs) 